And like I said, I'm going to be in my mansion, you're going to be in yours, and I'm just going to look at you and wave. <laughs> Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn back to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, and uh, we'll begin reading there in verse 10. 2 Peter chapter 3, we preached this morning from verses 4 to 9. Tonight we'll be preaching out of verses 10 through 14 with the help of the Lord. And so let's stand to our feet in honor of God's word tonight. We'll go back a little bit, re recap, and then move forward. Here in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking far and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we through thank you here tonight, Lord, for the word of God. We thank you for the songs that we've sung. We thank you for the grace that you've given us. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you're God and there's none beside you. And God, we thank you tonight that the word of God in which we, which we are reading tonight is settled in heaven. It abideth and it liveth forever. It's inspired and preserved and published tonight. God, we can take it as truth of God's word tonight, Lord, without any doubts, without any questions tonight. Thank you again, Lord, for your love. Thank you tonight, God, for mercy and for grace. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you're God and we're yours and you're ours. And God, we're asking tonight, bless us with your word. Open our eyes and open our hearts and let us see tonight about how we ought to behave knowing of these truths that we believe in. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to preach tonight, believing is behaving. I didn't get to that part about behaving. I got to the part about believing this morning, but behaving, we didn't get there. We'll get there tonight, though. And so the thought that I want to bring to us tonight is what you believe is how you behave. There's a, there's a great connection between what you believe and what you and how you behave uh, tonight. It's always the same. You can always tell somebody who loves you by the way that they treat you. Amen? And if you'd ask them, do you believe that you love me? They say, yes, I love you. Well, then the behavior of that would be evident. Amen? If you ask somebody or somebody says, you know what, them people hate me or that guy hates me, you're going to say, you really believe they hate you? Yeah, I really believe they hate me. Why do you believe that? Because of the way they behave. And so you'll find believing and behaving are, are connected. You can't separate the two. Uh, if you tell me you believe in Jesus Christ, then you're going, to you're going to behave in such a way, in such a manner. If you believe in Satan and Satanism and, and tonight you're a devil worshiper, well, then your behavior will, will manifest that as well. And so we find tonight if you're a Muslim and you believe in Allah and you believe Muhammad, well, you're going to do those things that you believe in and your behaviors will follow. If you're a Christian and believe in Christ tonight, then your behaviors will follow because of your belief. Tonight, it all goes all right together. There's no division there and there's no separation. With that thought in mind, though, I want you to notice as we preach this morning the ignorance of man. And he speaks about that twice in the scripture here tonight. We find it once in verse 5, for this they willingly are ignorant of. And then in verse 8 it says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. And so he's talking about an ignorance here. We find that the first thing that he doesn't want you to be ignorant of, the ignorance of man, lost man. Number one, uh, we recognize that the Word of God created the heavens and the earth. And we've seen that uh, there in verses uh 
5 and verse 6 says, For this they willingly ignorant of, that, that by the word of God the heavens of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So we find that God by his word created the heavens and the earth. We know that. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 tells us that. Genesis chapter 1 tells us that. And many other areas in the Bible teaches us that God is the creator of of all things. But number two, not only did he create all things, which heaven and earth we're talking about tonight, but the word of God controls the heavens and the earth. In verses five and six, he set boundaries for the water. He commands the water to come out of the boundaries and flood the world, and the world perished because of the overflowing. If you look at that passage there in verse 6, overflowed with water. Overflowed means what? It means it went out of its boundaries. It went further than it was told to go. God gave that water a decree whenever he created it. He said, you're going to go so far, and that's as far as you're going to go. But here it overflowed because God commanded it to overflow. There was waters from underneath. There was waters about. There was waters coming down. We find that in the flood, friend, that the waters did what they usually don't do, and it flooded the whole world because God was in control. So we, have, we found in that verse there that the Word of God not only controls the heavens and the earth, the Word of God created the heavens and the earth, but the Word of God collects heavens and the earth. We've seen that in verse 7, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same Word, that same Word that created everything, and that same Word that commanded everything is the same Word that has collected everything, and that collection is the heaven and the earth. He's going to do two things with the heaven and earth. What heaven and earth? Heaven and earth today. The Bible says now. What are you going to do? Well, number one, he's going to, he's going to keep it that means he's going to preserve it. And what is he going to preserve it for? Well, verse 7 says he's going to keep in store uh, the same word to keep in store the heaven and earth. To do what? To reserve it unto judgment. To reserve it, the Bible says in verse 7, uh, reserve unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. And so what God is saying to us tonight is this, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant that God created the heavens and the earth and don't be ignorant that God commanded the waters that he created to flood the world and the world died, they perished. But then don't be ignorant because the world that we see today, God has it in reservation. God has it in preservation for the fire of the judgment against the perdition of ungodly men someday. Amen. So we preach on that this morning. We can't forget that. Don't be ignorant of that that God has uh, reserved and preserved this earth for fire, for judgment. We find here that uh, we talked about the ungodly men, what they were. Ungodly men, according to the Scripture, is godless men, Christless men, and spiritless men. We also know that ungodly, by the way of definition, means irreverent. It means fearless, without awe of worship. We said ungodly men, they're ignorant of the Word of God, but they are willingly ignorant of the Word of God. The word willingly ignorant means they desire to be ignorant, they delight in being ignorant, and they determine to be ignorant, according to the Scripture uh, that these people are. Then thirdly, or secondly, we talked about not only the ignorance of man, but we talked about the intelligence of God. We found in verse 8, we talked about the period of time. The, the God time is short. He said it's two days. The man time is long. They said it was 2,000. We see that there in verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And so we find man doesn't look at time like God does. Uh, man only uh, looks at what we can see and what we can tell, but God has no time factor. Matter of fact, tonight, God is not on no time schedule. Uh, God is not in a hurry. God is not concerned about what time it is, but you and I should be tonight. We should be real concerned about what time it is. Uh, next, I want you to notice not only the period of time, but the promise he makes. 
We see that in verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward usward, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We talked about this promise that he makes. That word promise means message or announcement. And that is, it is not slack, meaning it's not delayed. It's not slowed down, and it's not tardy. Uh, today, the promise is judgment. Judgment. God's going to send judgment on this earth, God's going to send judgment on the heavens. It's going to burn up with fire. There's going to be the promises. Destruction is real. The judgment is sure. And the damnation is clear. Judgment is of the world. And the judgment is for every person. And judgment for all sin. Judgment. And that's what God is saying in the way of promise. What are you promising, God? I'm promising you as I created the world, I destroyed the world, and I'm going to burn up the world. That's a promise. Amen? And that's what he's telling us here tonight in the way of this belief. I know it's his passion. Of course, this is grace. Even though he gave us his promise in verse 9, he tells us, but is long-suffering toward usward. In other words, tonight, that's his passions. What does he want? Well, he wants us, he, what he wants to do is us to repent. Amen? And what is he doing? He's waiting. He's got long-suffering, the Bible teaches, to usward. And what is, his, what is his will? That none perish. And so I find to you today, or I want to say to you today, that the grace of God is real right now. Even this earth in which we know of is under judgment and the promise it is going to burn up one day. And yet at the same time, God says, I'm not willing that any of you perish, but that all come to repentance. What grace of God that is tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank God tonight that he cares for the souls of men. Thank God that he cares for your children and your grandchildren tonight. Thank God tonight that he cares for the, for the little one and he cares for the big one. Thank God tonight that he cares for the, for the one tonight that's wrong and wicked and stubborn and the rebellious tonight. And thank God he's thinking of those tonight who has a good attitude. They got good behaviors. They got a good mind and they do a good thing. But they're still lost without God. God cares tonight. Amen. The passion. We preached on that this morning. I know it's not only the period. And the passion. But I want you to notice tonight with our Lord that He is such a God and that He cares about the souls of men. And so that's a very much of you and I would think of the ignorance of man, but then the intelligence of God. And here tonight we'll begin the message in verse 10. I want you to notice the instruction of the Bible. The instruction of the Bible. So we found the ignorance of man. The, we found the uh, the very intelligence of God and the instruction of the Bible. I want you to notice the promise in the last days. He says in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Uh, this verse, verse 10, tonight is, a, is alarming. This verse 10, I just read tonight, if you take it lightly, you're taking too much lightly. Uh, tonight you are to uh, have a heart tonight towards this verse 10 for every lost child you have, for every lost friend and family member that you've got tonight. It ought to be grieving your heart. It ought to burden you down tonight. It ought to cause you to fall on your face before God and that God has now promised tonight uh, that this world, that this uh, heaven and this earth tonight is going to come into a place of fire. And then he describes what kind of fire that they're going to face and when does it come and how does it come. Well, the Bible teaches us the promise of it is in the last days. The Lord will come. The Bible says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. So don't tell me tonight that the Lord's not coming. Because if you tell me the Lord's not coming, then you're telling me my Bible is a lie. And if my Bible is a lie tonight, none of us are going to heaven and none of us have a Savior and none of us have a God tonight. None of us know our eternal destiny and you and I tonight have no hope and we've got no hope, no help tonight. And friend, we're all men of misery. 
I can tell you tonight, the Bible says the Lord will come. He will come. He hasn't come yet. No, he hasn't come yet. But he will come. I'm telling you tonight, when he comes, the Bible says it's going to be like a thief in the night. It's going to be of swiftness, amen. He's not going to come and take it easy. He's not going to kind of just fly around in the air and say, okay, where am I going to land? Where, where am I going to go? Am I going to go to America? Am I going to go to China, Russia? Am I going to go over there to the Middle East? How about Hawaii? It's pretty there. You know, I might, might want to go to where it's warm. I might want to go where it's cool. No, the Bible says when the Lord comes, he's going to come swiftly. You don't have no time to get ready with, or get right with God. You, you ain't going to say, okay, here comes the Lord. Oh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come to my heart and save me and take me home when I die. There's no time for that. It's over for him. He's going to come swift. That's why it talks about the thief tonight. He's going to come like a thief in the night. Not only is it swiftly tonight, but it's going to be decisively. Right. And friend, when he finally decides to come, he's coming. And he's coming with great force. He's coming with great mind. He's coming to do business. He's coming to do his work. He's coming and it's decisive. It's very swift. And tonight, it's going to be like a thief in the night. He's going to come destructive. You know, when a thief comes at night, is he coming to give you something? I mean, when the thief comes in the night, is he, does he knock on your door? Say, hey, 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 I'm a thief. I don't want to break your window. I don't want to tear up your door. I don't want to bother you in any way. Please open the door. I'm a thief. I want to steal your stuff. Well, that's crazy. So why does he use the thief as an example of how he's coming? Because he wants the world to know who believe that he's coming. He's only coming because of this world, this earth, this heavens are going to burn up with fire and he's going to come swiftly, decisively and he's going to come destructively. He's not coming tonight to put everything together. He's coming tonight to blow everything up. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm just saying tonight, Fred, if you don't get right with God tonight, you might not have another chance. If you don't ever just say, okay, God, I give in and give up, and I let you have my heart and my life, and I surrender all to you tonight. If you don't do it tonight, tomorrow may not ever come, because it may be the day of the Lord. Amen. And we find tonight he's going to come this way. So the Lord will come. Number two, I want you to know the heavens shall pass away. The Bible says, and the which the heavens shall pass away. Well, it will pass away. What does that mean tonight? Well, it means it will crash. So if I can just get your imagination tonight for just a moment. I know sometimes that's difficult uh, in imagination of trying to figure out what's going on because we see everything in so clear picture now. We got the trees upright. Uh, we've got the grass going upright. Uh, we, we, go, we go and we see everything. The, the moon always comes up or the sun always comes up and goes in the same spot every day, right? I mean, does anybody have any, any worry tonight when the, where the sun's coming up? Does anybody have any concern about when the sun goes down where it might go? It might go down on the north. It might go down on the south. Where will it go? Will it go down on? The west? It's been like that a long time. And we, we, tonight, we look up in the night, and maybe not in Houston, but maybe outside of Houston, you look up and you see a star. I mean, the moon, I mean, you, you see things like you always have seen, right? I mean, we are people tonight that, that live and go forward and go on, and everything has seemed the same, stayed the same, stayed the same. But I'm telling you, one day, the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and everything that we all thought was the same is no longer the same. You talk about, they say, well, this year there might be a crash in the market. Well, that's going to be light duty whenever you find the Lord comes as a thief in the night. They say, well, there's probably going to be a great battle, World War III. Well, that's not going to be anything compared to when the Lord comes, amen. I say, well, you know the inflation and you know the things that are taking place and the morale of people and the immorality of people uh, today. It, it's, just gonna, it's just going down, going down fast, friend. Listen, that's patty cake stuff right. compared to what I'm talking about tonight. 
I'm talking about tonight that the heavens, the heavens that you look up and you see tonight, the Bible says that those same heavens that you look up and where the birds fly and where the airplanes fly and when you see all that's going on in the heavens, I'm not talking about the third heaven tonight. I'm talking about the second heaven tonight. I'm talking about tonight the sky where the birds fly in. When you start looking up to that, you start seeing the heavens crashing. The Bible says that word there, uh, pass away, means that it will be loud. It talks about there, and the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. So it's not going to be a quiet time. It's not going to be a, a, a time, friend, where you can just say, you know what, uh, it's going to be a, a quietly, it's going to be quickly, and nobody will notice it, and I'll be laying in my bed, and I'll just be sweet dreaming after eating my tacos and uh, Brother Keith, and, and uh, I get to eat my, uh, my sweets, and, and I get in my bed, and I'm just going to take it easy until my alarm clock goes off. Fred, listen, whenever the heavens crash... It's going to be with a great noise. Everybody will wake up. If everybody's already awake, they'll get a little waker. The Bible says that with this terminology of how this heavens will do it, uh, it talks about there will be a great noise and talking about a hissing. With the elements that shall melt with fervent heat tonight, we find that this passing away with this great uh, noise tonight is talking about a hissing. It's talking about a crackling. Let's stick with me for just a moment. Anybody know, anybody know about fire? Y'all, you're fire, you're fire like starting fires and stuff? Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of people who like starting fires. They go to prison. But anyway... This weekend, we, we had a fire going on. Uh, we, was out in the, we was out in the woods, and, and we had this fire. We got a bunch of limbs that we cut off and broke off and all that kind of stuff. We put in a big old pile, and then we put some gasoline on top of that big old pile. I mean, the pile's as high as this ceiling. And uh, it's, it's big. It's huge. And of course, we're in a big area. So we put all of this. We put five gallons of gasoline on that dude. And we're doing all that kind of stuff. And, and then we, we run a trail about 20 yards of gasoline stand back here and we light that trail and it goes whoosh, boom boom and when that boom went up it was with a loud noise but it was a hissing and it was crackling you know what I'm talking about so friend whenever this earth this heavens and this earth whenever it begins to burn up it's going to burn up with that hissing and whenever it died down, we took some more gas and threw it on top of it. And every time that gas hit that fire, it went shoo, shoo, hissing, hissing. And every time that gasoline hit that fire, that was the hottest point. And it was the brightest point, right? And the flames went the highest. Well, just think of that for just a moment tonight. There's coming a day when all of heaven and all of earth is going up with hissing, with crackling, with sounds of a great sound, of a great ball of fire. It's crashing. All things are just coming apart. And the Bible says that's what's going to happen when the Lord comes. The Bible says in verse 10, that the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. He talks about the melting of the elements. Now the melting of the elements tonight means the compounds, parts. Everything tonight that you have, say this piece of paper here, has some components to it, right? There's things that make up this paper. Whatever the components are for that paper, the components are for this here, for that pew you stand, the shirt you're wearing tonight. Everything that we see tonight has components compared to it, amen, like an atom. Well, the Bible uses that word elements being burned up. Its meaning tonight is this. Is when I burn this piece of paper right here, if I burn your shirt or I burn this, this pew right here, uh, you and I can watch it burn, and when it burns, we're going to see the results of it, right? There's going to be ashes on the ground. Right. But the Bible says when this world begins to crash, 
that it's going to burn even the elements, meaning that there be no ashes. There be absolutely nothing. You say, well, wasn't there a pew here? No evidence. No evidence. It's completely, that's how hot it's going to be. That's how much burn it will be. There will be no evidence that there was a United States. There be no evidence that there was a city of Houston. There be no evidence, Fred, that you even lived here. There be no evidence, Fred, of anything you ever had or anything you ever done. And all things that ever been made of man and all things been made of, of God are gone completely nothing. No elements. It's burned up. Now, we can't hardly imagine this, can we? But that's what God said. God said that. He said the melting of the elements, the fervent heat. And what he's talking about on fervent heat, when he says that there in the scripture, will melt with fervent heat. It means it will be set on fire by God, but the act of burning by God, and then it says it shall melt. Bible talks about it melting. He goes on to say that word melt there, it means to loosen up. So things just begin to loosen up. Things begin to break up. For example, tonight, and what we have tonight is energy. Right? We have energy from the sun. Brings forth heat. We've got energy in other areas and other places. We've got not only energy, but we've got power. We've got gases. Is that true? So if we go out today... Tonight, and we look up and see the stars, we look up and see the galaxy, the Little Dipper, the Big Dipper. We see the North Star. We, we see other things that we might not be able to see, maybe the Saturn or Jupiter or something like that, and get all kinds of pictures of Mars and all this Venus and stuff of that nature. And, Fred, we see all that going on. And then we look out, we see everything has in place. The, the Earth is on a 23-degree axis, amen. It has to be on a 23-degree axis or it's going to burn up or get cold or freeze. And so it's in a perfect state. We got four seasons of what's taking place here. Uh, you know, uh, we've got day, we've got night, uh, we've got all kind of things organized, does it seem to you? But on this day when the Lord comes, all the gases, all the energies, all tonight of the powers are loosened up. I mean, you've got, you've got earth going this way. You've got Jupiter going that way. You've got stars coming down. You've got fire coming up. You've got everything it touches. It just melts down and burns up. There's nothing left. And there's no, there's no gravity you to speak of, Fred. All that's gone. All the laws of nature done. There ain't nobody saying, putting their foot down on the ground saying, Okay, God, I got you. Oh, no. You're going to come apart, friend. Right. You might even just blow, might explode. Right. Your body may explode right. because of the gravity, because of the power, because of the, the gases. Your body's not used to that. We're made of water, amen? Right. We, we need some oxygen. Well, I'll tell you something, friend. When a fire's coming, it's going to require oxygen that you require. Right. It's going to be one big ball of fire. All that we might see, you think, well, I was thinking maybe that like in Stafford, Texas, we might see a fire out in this uh, field right here. No, <laughs> you're going to see the whole world tonight loosen up. It's going to be, it's going to be all over the place and nothing's in line, nothing's in order and things are burning, things are just coming apart, things are loosened up. It's all over the place and friend, it's melting down. Melting down. Do y'all believe that? The earth, the Bible says in verse 10, earth works are burned up. So not only all that has been made and created, but the works that are therein shall be burned up. Meaning tonight, gone completely. You know, all the efforts that we put into our houses... You know all the hours we put in to pay for our cars? You know all 
the efforts we put into and all the money put into our bodies. Do you know tonight all of the extra houses you have and all the extra lands you got and, and all the things that you did without and all the things that you said no to and all the things that you have put up in the bank and how you put up in retirement and how you got ready for this rainy day and, and you got all this mind and all that going on tonight. Friend, listen, all the works of man are just gone. There's not a millionaire, and there ain't nobody poor. There ain't nobody here with a business. There ain't nobody here who works at a business. Nobody has a house. Nobody has a car. Nobody has clothes. Nobody has money. Nobody. And nobody's here because they're all burned up. It's all gone. If you could just imagine in your mind and heart, I know right here we can't imagine, but if you, look, if you can think outside, we walk out here in just a minute, and when you walk out, there's nothing. Nothing. It's done. That's what it's going to be like. Just like that. It's going to be gone completely. It's going to be removed entirely. It's going to be unvanishing quickly. That's what that word burn up means tonight. Now, I noticed tonight that was the promise in the last days. That's what will happen according to verse 10. Now, in verse 11, though, I want you to probably preach a little while on not only the promise in the last days, but the people in the last days. So, if we believe that tonight, we believe that what I just said was true, what I have said this morning is true, then in verse 11, we've got to deal with. Tonight, we're going to have to seriously contend with these scriptures. We can't gloss over them. We can't ignore them and we can't neglect them. you got to do something with them tonight if you believe. Verse 10 and prior. I want you to notice number one concerning the people in the last days. There are going to be people with a holy lifestyle. People with a holy lifestyle. Look what it says. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. The people in the last days is going to be people who have a godly lifestyle. That word holy conversation, conversation means lifestyle, uh, means manner of life, and it means it's how you live matters. How you live matters in the last days. I'm just letting you know tonight that if the scriptures are true in verses 4 through 10, then the scriptures are true in verse 11. And if they are true because the world that we're going to know it is going to be dissolved one day, well then the very way of behavior for you today is a holy lifestyle. That's if you believe that Jesus is coming as a thief in the night. So how should I be living? Holy lifestyle. Holy conversation. So does it matter how you live? You better believe it, friend. There's a lot of people who says, it don't matter if I go to church. It don't matter if I do right. It don't matter if I don't drink. It don't matter if I smoke. It don't matter if I cuss. It don't matter if I read my Bible. It don't matter if I pray. It don't matter if I give tithes. It don't matter how I do at work. It don't matter what I do at home. Listen, Fred, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Fred, you're a fool. Because salvation is not just what you believe, but salvation has everything to what you behave. According to Scripture. So holy conversation means a holy lifestyle. Are you living a holy lifestyle? Are you living a holy lifestyle? A holy lifestyle would mean a lifestyle that is set apart for God. Holy means set apart for God, but it means dedicated to the Lord. 
It means become separated from the world and dedicated to God. It's holy tonight. Lifestyle is the manner of your life. How you live at church is the way you should live at home. How you live at home is the way you live at work. How you live at work is how you live with your buddies. And how you live with your buddies is how you live with your family. And how you live with your family is how you live in the world. And it's all under holiness. Separated from this world and dedicated to God. The Bible teaches that. If not so, then you're going to burn up in verse 10. That's you. You're going to just dissolve one day. You'll be here and you're gone. We find tonight people of the, of, of the last days or people with a holy lifestyle. Number two, not only are they people of a holy lifestyle, but according to the scripture, there's a, they have a holy love. The Bible says in verse 11, and godliness, godliness, people with a holy love. They have a heart for God. That's what godliness is tonight, a heart for God. Do you have a heart for God? Do you have a heart for God? You say, well, I've got a heart for God. Well, how do we know you have a heart for God? Well, because everything God's in and everything God's about, I'm about. That's like you having a family. And you marry somebody and, and they have children. You have children uh, from a previous marriage or something of that nature. And, uh, and so they have children. You have children. And you say to your, your wife, you say to your husband, hey, do you love my children? And they say, uh, they say uh, yeah, I, I love your children. All right, well, how am I going to know that you love my children? Because you have a heart for my children. Amen. Your children that calls you grandpa calls me grandma. That's a heart for children. Amen. They call you daddy. That means they call me mama. We're married. Two become one. And your children and my children are our children. And so if we have a heart for God tonight, you're going to have a heart for God for His God's Word. You have a heart for God's church. You have a heart for God's people. You have a heart for God's spirit. You have a heart tonight for God's mission. You have a heart for God's vision. You have a heart for God tonight. That means everything God's in, you're in. Everything God's for, you're for. And everything God's against, you're against. That's a heart for God. That's godliness tonight. What are those people at in the last days? Godly love. Not only godly lifestyle, but godly love. We find that the hunger for God, a hunger for Jesus, a hunger for the Scripture tonight. That's what we call godliness tonight. And in the last days, friend, either you have that hunger and you have that heart and you have that hunt in your soul tonight that I'm seeking for God, I'm looking for the Lord, I'm walking after God, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I don't care if a hair lifts the devil makes the dog mad. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve with all my heart. And whatsoever I do it, I'm going to do it heartily as unto the Lord. And I don't care who does it. I don't care who don't do it. And if everybody leaves me, they leave. I'm serving God. Yeah, that's, a, that's godliness tonight. A great love for God. There is a lifestyle and there is a love to identify the people in the last days. Have I identified you? Do you have that? Do you have that holy lifestyle? And do you have that holy love? Well, that's the people of the last days. And then thirdly, I noticed, not only do they have a holy lifestyle and a holy love, but I notice they have a hopeful look. Look there in verse 12. The Bible says, Looking far and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
So the first thing that you're going to be in the last days for the people of the last days because the Lord is coming and the heavens and earth are going to be caught on fire tonight and they're going to melt away and be all burned up tonight. And what is that going to do for us now? Well, right now, Fred, you're going to have a holy lifestyle. You're going to have a holy love, but you're going to have a hopeful look because you're going to be looking for his return. That's what you're looking for. Every day I get up, say, today's your day. You coming today? Lord, I'm looking for you. I'm looking, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the coming day. I'm waiting for the day of the Lord, the coming of the day of God. Waiting. I'm waiting. I'm looking. I'm waiting. I'm looking. Are you looking? Are you looking? Are you anticipating? Are you seeing? Are you looking around? Are you seeing the wars? Are you seeing the famines? Are you seeing the earthquakes? Are you seeing the people? Are you seeing the, the very condition of the church? Are you looking at the homes and all the families that friend are going apart? Are you looking at the morale and the immorality of our life we live in? Are you looking around tonight and seeing friend that socially tonight we have gone to hell and back tonight and we've got to know tonight that you and I are in the last days because every family in every area in every level of this life that you and I live in friend have went away from God and not towards God not one I challenge anybody to come to me tonight and say I tell you there's one area of life that is going up towards God and friend I will just pass out I'll give you a thousand dollars if I have to borrow it from brother Charlie I'm just saying tonight Waiting, looking for the coming day of God. Are you looking? See, that's the people of the last days. We're not really interested tonight. And, you know, we, we, we are prudent, yes, and, and we need to be wise, yes. And, and if there's opportunities to, to put money up for the future, that's Bible, uh, if there's something tonight that we look in the future and, and we don't prepare for the future, well, then we're not very wise about that. That's to be foolish. And tonight, I'm not discounting those things for you that have uh, are retired or going to retire or, or going to buy something for the future or looking or visions or, or having some sort of like goals or having some sort of like uh, dreams. I don't want to dash any of that kind of stuff because I believe it's healthy. Uh, the Bible says uh, uh, people without a vision perish tonight and so don't want to do any of that case but I do want to say that what is very real to us tonight is as we look around in the day of the Lord uh, friend and we look at the coming of the Lord the rapture of course and then we're looking for the day of God to come and friend we got to know and understand that we got to look for it. We got to actually be in real life looking. Looking. Some of you might go outside, you go stand like doing like this. They're going to say, What are you doing? I'm looking for the Lord. They might round you up and put you in Austin. That's where all crazy people go. The point I'm trying to make tonight is don't get so busy and get caught up in your own life and forget about Jesus coming. Amen. So we find waiting for the coming day. Number two, I noticed wanting for his coming day. Wanting's different than waiting. Where you get wanting from? Well, let's look at verse 12. Looking for, that's waiting. Hasting. Hasting. That means wanting. That means I want the Lord to come. I'm not waiting. I'm wanting. I'm going to haste. I'm going to haste this thing. Man, I want with all my heart, Lord, come. Oh, God, come. Lord, I want to meet you in the air. I want to see your face. I, I want to be able to hug your neck if I could. I just want to tell you that I love you, Lord. When I get to see you face to face, It'll be worth it all. Amen. Amen. Right. And so we find not only waiting, but wanting. What is it in your heart tonight that you really want? 
What is it? Well, those in the last day, the people of the last days, they really want the coming of the Lord. That's what they want. Well, you know, I can't wait for Trump to be president. Puke on Trump. You say, well, he's better than Biden. Well, that ain't, that ain't a very high mark. I mean, Pedro the dog could do better than that. You say, well, you know, Kamala Harris is right behind them. Well, then you'll puke on her too. Well, you know, they got, old, they got Obama in the wing. Well, puke on her too. Do you think anybody who comes up is going to do anything for us? No. no. You know what we want? We want the coming of God. Amen. That's what we want. We don't care if any of those, none of those people are going to matter in the way that God has already designed and already determined about the last days. Right. Right. All the things that come about is the Antichrist. That's it. Right? Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. And that's who's going to get in place. That's who's going to be in charge. That's the one who's going to take over tonight, especially in the West. And you're going to have the old East out there with the whole Russia and old China and North Korea and all that group out there going to come up against the Antichrist of the West. Yeah. So you're going to find, friend, that we're in a bad trouble if you're not saved. Now, if you're saved tonight, uh, what can you do for us? We're waiting and we're wanting right. the coming of the Lord. <laughs> We don't care who's president. That's right. Now you say, okay, Brother Larry, okay. Now let's just say, just for example, that this election is coming up and Trump is on the ticket for the Republican and Biden is on the ticket for Democrats. Who are you going to vote for? Well, I'll tell you who I'm not going to vote for. <laughs> right. Biden. Right. Hey, Amen. Uh, you say, well, what if, what if, uh, it don't matter what ifs. It matters tonight what do you and I want. We want the coming of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so you say, well, how in the world can you vote for this and vote for that? I'm not voting in a pastor. I'm not trying to find somebody who's living for God. I'm trying to find somebody who believes the Word of God just a little bit. I'm trying to take the word of God and say, is there anybody out here in control, has any authority in Congress, in House of Representatives, in the White House? I don't care where they're at tonight. Does anybody know anything about the Bible anymore? That's what I want. That's all I care about. And friend, tonight, people who live in the last days are people who wait, looking, people who are wanting, hasty under the coming of, of the day of the Lord. Verse 13 tonight, it goes a little further than just waiting and wanting. He says, welcoming, welcoming. Look what it says. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, what are we trying to say right here? Well, he's trying to say this. In order for you and I to experience the new heaven and the new earth, there's got to come a burning of the old. Right? So, sooner he comes, the sooner we go. Sooner as this stuff here gets catches on fire and burning down, I'm headed to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And so I'm not sad and I'm not sorrowful and I'm not gloomy. I am welcoming the coming of the day of the Lord. I'm waiting on it. I'm wanting it, but I'm welcoming. The reason I'm welcoming is because of the new heaven and the new earth that's awaiting us. Isn't that good? There's... 
You as a Christian today cannot leave out of here down and dirty and say, oh, my soul, everything I ever worked for is going to burn up. All my dimes and pennies I got in my piggy bank are going to just melt away. I mean, all of the clothes I've kept, my great, 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 great grandfather's stuff I've been keeping up in a place. I got it wrapped with saran wrap. I got it tight fit. I sucked out the air of it so nothing will ever run and my mama and my grandma and my mama's grandma and the grandma of the grandma they has all those cooking recipes I mean, I'm telling you friend they're as old as the very original written down in Hebrew of the Bible and friend listen they're all going to burn up I'm going into depression right now no we're just welcoming come on with it Lord sooner the better Oh, as soon as you burn up, we're headed to the new heavens and the new earth. You say, brother, what you going to do there? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> do you? Uh, <laughs> he said, what's it going to look like? I don't know, and I don't care. You say, well, how about down here? I don't care. I don't know. All I know is we need to welcome that the day of the Lord come as a thief in the night. And that things will be burned up, heaven and earth, melted, gone, burned up, gone. I mean, even the very elements of it, it's going to be nothing. But that brings in the new heaven and new earth where dwelleth righteousness. I mean, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be no sin. And no devil. Right. And no children of the devil. Amen. <laughs> oh, there ain't going to be a day of hurt. There ain't going to be a day of sickness. There ain't going to be a day of sorrow. Uh, there'll be no pride there, no ego there. There'll be no bitterness there, no unforgiveness there, no anger there. I mean, listen, friend, uh, there ain't going to be no lying and cheating there. It's going to be no death there, no murder there, no abuser of mankind there, no homosexual there, no abortionist there. There ain't going to be nobody there that's defiled. They're going to be saved and born again and no dwellers righteousness to new heaven and new earth. Welcome it. How welcome. That's what the people of the last days do. What do they do? They live holy lives. What else do they do? They have a holy love. What else do they do? They got a hopeful look. You ain't going to get us down over here. You say, brother, don't you see what's going on in China? They're filling up the Pacific right now with their ships. They're thinking about Taiwan. Well, i tell you what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about. Well, don't you see Russia there? I mean, they say that he's going to have a nuclear weapon up in the atmosphere, in the outer space. They say, man, don't you see what's taking place? Israel's out there, and Hamas, and they got that last little Raphael place, and, and boy, they're getting it down, but then they got to do Egypt, they got this, they got that, then you got Hezbollah on the other side in Lebanon, and man, they're going to fight right there, and uh, you know, America's trying to keep that channel open there, and, and they're hitting the Houthis. Houthi, who thought of a Houthi? You saw what I'm saying? Tonight, I'm going to take me a baby aspirin, 81 81 gram, milligram, and I'm going to go to sleep. And I ain't worried about any of that. Are you? I'm just looking. Get out of here. Right now, I'm going to try to win everybody I can to God. I'm going to try to win all my children to Jesus. I'm going to try to win all my grandchildren I don't have. If you have a grandchild, I'll try to win them. Everybody I know, everybody I talk to, win to Jesus. But friend, my ground, my hooks is not in this. I mean, I'm 62 and I probably feel like 61. I'm just saying that we need to not only wait for the coming of the Lord, want the coming of the Lord, but welcome the coming of the Lord. Because without all that, we're not going to see no new heavens and new earth. Isn't that true? 
I mean, listen, that ain't going to happen. The fulfillment of God's promise won't take place. The fulfillment of God's plan and the fulfillment of God's presence where dwelleth righteousness will not take place. Lastly, I close. I want you to not only notice the promise in the last days, the people of the last days, but I want you to notice the push in the last days in verse 14. The Bible says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, we just talked about all that, be diligent. Be diligent. That word diligent there means make effort. That means endeavor and be eager. Two things that we are to be diligent in. That means tonight that you and I got responsibility in these last days to put a lot of effort in. To not only put a lot of effort in, but to endeavor to do. And to be eager of doing it. Number one, in this verse 14 says, That you may be found of Him in peace. In other words, tonight, you're in Jesus. You are tonight to say, okay, I believe it, I know it, it could happen. And man, I tell you what, I'm going to spend the rest of my days doing. I'm going to be diligent to be found of Him in peace. I'm going to be in Jesus, amen. And I'm going to make every effort to be that way. I'm going to put all my energy in being in Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can with all I got within me to be in Jesus, amen. That's all I want to be found. I want to be found in Him. And that ought to be you tonight in these last days. Not found sweet, not found kind, not found beautiful, not found sharp, not found any other way, but found in Him. Amen. If anybody's going to find me, find Jesus, and that's where I'm at. Right. Amen? Amen? That ought to be the heart of each one of us tonight. Amen. I'm going to have diligence in my life, diligence according to the Scripture. Wherefore, beloved, talking to Christians, seeing that you look for such things as we talked about, be diligent that you might be found in him, uh, of him in peace. Number one, that's you and Jesus. But then also be diligent that Jesus in you. Look what it says in the last portion of that. Without spot and blameless. So you're going to be diligent that you're in Jesus. But you're also going to be diligent that Jesus is in you. Two things. Covered with his peace. But then clean from Stain. Well, that spot means, that, that word spot means stain. And it ought to be in the last days that you, with eagerness and with effort and with all endeavoring that you have, that there be no stain in your testimony. No stain in your reputation. No stain in your testimony. No stain in what people may think of you. Spotless. See, you need to work hard tonight to make sure that your name is clean. Amen. Make sure that your children don't look at you and say, you're a good cook or you're a good worker. But you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you. Because of the life you're living, it's without stain, it's without Blemish, it's without spot. You say, well, I sin all the time. Yeah, but you don't have to be stained with it. Is that right? We find tonight, according to the Scripture, that Jesus is in you is when you are clean uh, from stain without spot, without spot. And then lastly, is not you clean without, with stain or you clean from stain, but you're clear of accusations. Clear of accusations. Look what it says, blameless. What does that mean? Now, I understand tonight, and you got an argument, that even God knows you're going to sin. Right? First John chapter 2, he says, I would have you, brethren, not to sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? right? First John 1 John 1.9. 
If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and righteousness. Right? But tonight, we've got to do something more in the last days than just walk around saying that I sin all the time. And that is blameless. You can live a life without accusations. Amen? People at, people at your home, you can live in such a way where they don't accuse you of being out of control because you're anger. A liar because you said you're going to do something you didn't. Full of bitterness because all you do is complain and gripe. See, tonight we got to be more conscious and more, more in aware of our lives and what we're doing in a daily basis so that anybody in our home, anybody at work, anybody at church can't point their fingers at us and say, this is you. Right. Right. Amen? That's right. So tonight, can we, can we be clean of stain? Absolutely. Amen. Can we be clear of accusations? Absolutely. And tonight, can we be covered tonight with Jesus? Absolutely. That's the people of the last days. That's the push. The push. And so tonight you say, what should I push for tonight? What should be my main focus? The main focus tonight is be found in Christ. Christ found in you by being clean and clear. And the Bible says... That's the way you do. Amen. Amen. Let's stand our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Believing is behaving. Now, if you believe tonight, all that we spoke of tonight, that the Lord is coming, the earth and the heavens will burn up. Someday all that you see and all that you have is gone. I wonder tonight, would that affect your behavior for this day? This day, right now. Lord, am I living for you? Can Jesus be found in me and can I be found in Jesus? How about it tonight? You have sin in your life, it's time to get it out tonight. Let's confess it, let's get clean. Tonight, let's get clear. Let's get cleared up tonight. Let's, let's not walk out of here tonight with anything dirty in us. Anything contrary to God. Let's get it all cleaned up. Let's walk out of here tonight fresh and anew. Let's walk out of here right as we've ever been. Everything and anything needs to be confessed tonight. Let's confess it. Let's forsake it. Let's get it out of our minds, out of our hearts. Let's get it out of our lives. That's the only way tonight that you and I can live in these last days with joy and happiness. If not, you'll be worried about everything else going on. You sing, Brother George. Would you come tonight? Would you come? Would you come? You come. Let's get it cleaned up tonight. Let's get it cleared out. There's no greater church and more powerful church than a church that Tonight that is spotless and blem without blemish. Oh, diligent, diligent, eager, endeavoring with energy, living right for God, living for the Lord. Yes, amen. What a day. What a day that will be. Ah, what a wonderful, wonderful Savior. Blessed be His name. Glorious is His name. Thank you, Lord, for all the hope we have in Jesus. So much more than what we see today. Oh, would you come? Would you come, dear sinner friend, and be born again tonight? Come to know Jesus.
We'll see you back Wednesday night, church. You pray for me, I'll pray for you. Brother, Brother George, will you dismiss us tonight with a word of prayer?